to season three of the Manatees Network podcast. I'm your host, Edgar Kaba, joined as always by my co-host, JJ. And today's episode, we're joined by a very special guest, commonly known as, commonly known as Ties Visual. Uh, his name is Thomas, 18 years old, general artist based in Nairobi. He specializes in photography and cinematography primarily but he's also planning to stretch his skills even further into the realms of sound design. He's worked with assortments of major personalities like uh, from Kahush to Beatty and so on. And I'd just like to say welcome to the podcast today, bro. I'm honored. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah it's an honor to have you here. It's an honor to have you here. Thank you. So to start off, um, Photography and cinematography is something a lot of people have done. Personally, JJ and I have done it. Like, actually, we we indulge in that industry. There was a time it was really, mm. really popular. Yeah. I guess it was a really big trend. Maybe um 2018, 2019, everyone had like a tag yeah. in their in their bio. Everyone was quoting, you know, those pages. You know those. Those hashtags. Yeah, gain with this, gain with that. Yeah, gain, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, Visco Kenya. Yeah. I remember back in the day when I got a like from uh, Visco Kenya on my post and I was just yeah. so excited. I thought I was going to be po- uh, featured. So yeah. <laughs> it was quite a vibe back then, yeah. Like, but then, since then, there are certain people who have stood out in the photography and cinematography scene. So what can you say really helped you to step out from that uh, wave, I'd say. That mold. Yeah, yeah that's that, what... that wave, yeah. Well, um, it all starts with someone having passion for what they do. Um, I'm not new to this. I've been uh, making art ever since I was a child. And there have been some photos that I have of me playing with the camera, two years old. I guess that was destiny. But then, you know, as people grow up, they learn new things. And you could also compare that to the trends, you know, in the photography uh, scene in Kenya. Trends come and go, but this particular thing of photography and moving arts really intrigued me, especially now in my beginning years as a teenager. And at around the age of 14, 13, mm-hmm. um, I just thought, let me just try this once more and starting to really pick up and I really liked what I was doing. And I, was, I started making plans for the future, who I would become. And this uh, journey as a photographer or at the start really made the most sense to me out of the many other, you know, careers or dreams that I had, you know, thought of mm-hmm. or planned at the beginning. Yeah. But what really motivated me to keep going was apart from all the trends and the peer pressure and uh, all that, it was about the freedom of expression that I had to be able to really speak my message to people. I know I'm, I'm not really someone who's particularly inclined to have thematic elements or storytelling elements in my work, conceptual elements, as they say, more relevantly. It's more of a something that people can see and really like like I don't know how to explain it. It's a very abstract uh, concept, but people really like to see things that 
look amazing. Not necessarily the storytelling or the conceptual element of it, but the aesthetic element. I didn't want to use that word because I mm. currently use that word, but the aesthetic element of a photograph or a work of art is what really moves people and brings people's attention. And I just thought, mm. let me just try to work on that because back in the day, people mostly would just be making, you know, those Photoshop manipulation things like from guys like yeah. Brian Beck to Khalid Ramirez and Alvin Wangai. So I just wanted to stand out and make something that, you know, doesn't really delve on such things, maybe make an occasional reference here and there, but something that is really appealing to um, the viewer and the world at large and more or less an expression of my artistic tastes and mm-hmm. inspirations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's well, interesting. And you know, fun fact, like Brian Bett and Kalito mm-hmm. Ramirez were like gods. Yeah. Back then, I remember... The thing it was crazy. Do, it was crazy. It was so um innovative, you know, for our age, we were like 15, 16. So mm. having visionaries like Brian Bett, Brian Bett and Khalid Ramirez. Well, and uh, Elijah Obati and Kobe Wayake, especially Kobe Kobe knew how to bring out colors. True. That was unbelievable. Yeah. And yeah. But then as the months went by and people went to university abroad or away from the international schools, I may say, their interests started to change. And, you know, it's just been evolving through and through. But one thing that really, you know, struck me was, you know, or really convicted me was that I really have to stick to this. It's not something that's going to be a trend. I can actually make something out of myself, you know, with what Mm -hmm. I have discovered, something that can continue going no matter what people think or what people say. So yeah. Yeah. That's it was really cool. And do you ever get like creativity block? Something? A lot. I really get it a lot. I think that's well that's even owing mm-hmm. to why I haven't been posting lately. I'm just trying to reconfigure mm-hmm. um my mm-hmm. uh, vision and just try to make the most sense out of it because sometimes as a photographer, uh, there are just so many concepts I want to do, and I'm just wondering, are they realistic enough? Um, well, will they be relevant enough to the my audience at large and to other audiences of other people I'm connected with in this, uh, you know, because it's a whole network of us photographers and creatives in Nairobi. It's, there's so many variables mm-hmm. that contribute to me now having a crea- uh, creator's block, creative block, and sometimes it can be very detrimental to one's mental health, but in the end... It's up to us as creatives mm. to strike a familiar compromise and do things that matter. And, you know, that's what creativity is all about. Finding a creative way to get out of whatever uh, hindrance you may be having in your life. And that's what I try to do generally on the go. I have a question. Hmm. Do you believe that um, your work is a reflection of your mental health generally? like how you're feeling at a specific point in time reflects on let's say the photos of the cinemas you take let's say the tone or let's say the message of what you're speaking about is a reflection of is it a reflection of yourself or a reflection of the community Mm, not really i think my work is more of a you know it's some kind of castaway i don't really like to um 
reveal too much about myself, especially concerning my mental health or my personal life. I guess that's why many people don't know that um, Ty's visual is actually Thomas. There was this guy in my career requests who referred to Ty's visual as hello entity because he was thinking that it's a group of people <laughs> who are working on something. So I tend to really um, separate my uh, career from my personal life because I guess that's how I like it. I just like to just prioritize or appropriate my life where necessary because also I've seen what social media can do to people and what a claim, if it ever comes, can do to people. It can really, you know, twist some things up. So I just like to, like, let me give an example. Um, do you know of Daft Punk? This uh, yeah. Yeah. music duo. No yeah. one knows yeah. who they really look like. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's what's a really uh, big inspiration concerning that. I just like to prioritize and appropriate where possible to where I can actually separate my personal life from my career and all that. So back to what I was, what you were saying or asking, I don't like to, um, okay, let me just say it properly. My, my style is more or less as a research based i normally do research into aesthetics and uh, what is currently relevant in terms of color i take references from pantone and numerous magazines mm-hmm. such as vogue magazine uh, harper's bazaar and i don't only look at the photos i look at the photographers themselves their portfolios and i just see what is relevant what is making people uh, gravitate towards you know appreciating this kind of style of photography or this particular kind of color combination and i now add my own twist into it from what i from my experience and and uh, skill as a photographer and it just comes to be and mm-hmm. all that and that's what really makes it unique because i really try my best to not copy from anybody my, mm-hmm. my especially in terms of color i've had some people come to me and say oh thomas how do you edit your pictures? Like no one ever does this stuff in uh, Nairobi or in Kenya. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just do my research. I take relevant inspiration to an extent where it cannot be an act of plagiarism. And I just go with the flow and where my uh, vision takes me, essentially. Oh, yeah, because, man, like some of your stuff are just so vibrant, you know, like sometimes when I look at them, I'm just like, how did you make this so- yeah, I understand where that was coming from with that question. Yeah, I understand. People actually, you're not the first person to uh, say that. Everyone is just in utter wonder. And I'm not saying this uh, as a way of being proud. It's just how it is on the ground. It's, it can be a bit yeah. overwhelming because, once again, now uh, people's expectations, you know, like you have to keep up with people's expectations. Now that you're making a very good piece of work, you're wondering how you can now, you know, surpass that level of quality or perseverance or relevance and it's mm-hmm. it kind of contributes now to creative block because now you really have to wonder well, what is the next big thing what else is going to really stir up things and so on mm-hmm. but i just try and it's, it's so far so good mm-hmm. it's not something that is really much of a problem it's something i love doing it's not like an assignment that i have to do it's, i just love yeah. doing it yeah and speaking of Vogue, yeah, you, you were on Vogue magazine before, yeah? I think I saw that. Let me debunk that. So mm-hmm. um, there's a difference between a Vogue magazine and this particular thing that uh, us uh, have been, we've been really uh, telling people, oh, we're on Vogue, we're on Vogue. Yes, we are technically on Vogue, but we are not mm-hmm. on Vogue magazine. 
the one we are on is this domain. It's called Photovogue Italia. So Photovogue Italia is a, a media domain um, reserved for, I think, a very selective bunch of photographers. So what happens, mm-hmm. we submit for uh, our pictures for approval to uh, the editors, mm-hmm. like the real-time uh, hired editors at uh, the mm-hmm. media house, that is Condenast, which manages Vogue Italia. And they go through our photographs one by one. We are only allowed to submit two every week. So they decide whether it is fit to appear on the on, on the platform or not. And if it doesn't meet their criteria or their aesthetic standard, because, you know, they, we have to conform to a certain standard that is respective of uh, uh, Vogue magazine and its uh, constituents or its subsidiaries, um, mm-hmm. it, get, it gets rejected or it gets approved. Now, if it gets approved, that is amazing. You have actually been approved by the editors at Vogue and the guys who now you could even get a chance of being asked by them to uh, do a spread for Vogue magazine. But that is in extremely selective cases where you're actually having an outstanding body of work and so on. So I cannot really say that um, you are actually on Vogue magazine because Vogue magazine is now a print where you go to the bookshop or you go on the internet and you read, you know, and all that stuff. So this is more of a place where we can actually have our stuff vetted and approved by world-renowned, um, you know, metrics. And now encourage, it's just a sense of encouragement. Like we're actually doing the right thing. We actually know what we're doing. If we can actually get, be approved by these guys, then there is so much else that we can do, so much more that we can improve on and impact our uh, demographic and our generation and so on. So mm-hmm. I cannot entirely rule it out, but uh, yeah, I'm just trying to specify what it really means for those who may not know. So are you featured on Vogue or not? You didn't actually answer the question. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Um, uh-huh. Yes, I am on Vogue, definitely. Uh-huh. But it's uh-huh. a different part of Vogue, yes. Oh, it's a, like a subsidiary of sorts, maybe. Yeah, and it's directly connected. It's actually a part of Vogue, but uh-huh. there are just levels to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So, so I had a question now. Earlier, yeah. earlier you were speaking about the competition, basically trying not to plagiarize uh, what the rest are doing. Mm-hmm. So I wanted, I wanted to know if, do you, have you ever felt like there are people who you um, aspire to be like? You know, not necessarily plagiarize. I mean, mm. in the photography and the cinematography game, you always try to be unique, but at the same time, you need a source of inspiration. So do you feel like um there are certain artists or photographers and cinematographers who you aspire to be like, so to speak? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Let me be honest with you. Definitely. There are many, but let me just narrow them down. But let me give an example. You see these great film directors uh, who are Christopher Nolan and all those guys, they all have inspirations. Yeah. Can I be Stanley Kubrick yeah. or... Uh, um, no, all, all those other guys. So for me, it's not really a crime to be to have inspirations or to have guys you look up to. So for me, on the photography side, there's this one guy who has always been inspiring me, and I can say he's the first person I can say I really loved his work. I hope he's still alive. Mm-hmm. His name is uh, Nelson Kisa. Remember him back in 2017 and 2018? That guy was popping off, yeah. and he had this distinct style where he really emphasized on. Uh, 
you know, those blurred backgrounds and how to really make it one of the most beautiful elements of a photograph. And, you know, his skin tones and all that, it really inspired me. And that's a long time. It's been over five years. I wonder where he went, but I hope he makes a comeback. And then um, who else? There is also um, Ian Soy. I think you guys know Ian Soy. Yeah, Ian Soy, yeah. Yeah, he's a very talented and uh, amazing uh, uh, general artist. He also does videos, but his photography is on another level. I really look up to him, and he's amazing. Then there's the one everybody knows, Omoke. Omoke is essentially (laughs) my big brother. I've known this guy ever since he was running around the Alchemist and K1 doing, you know, those Insta meets and after parties. And he's just risen Mm -hmm. through the ranks and now, Look, he's just done a music video for Calligraph. So I'm just like, that guy is just lit. Don't forget. Now on international, yeah, that guy is Akishash, yeah, and Lil Minor. He's done most of Lil Minor's videos, which I really respect. Then um, on the the international um, arena, I can say um, Gunnar Stahl. He's the guy who takes most of these, uh, you know, flash photographs Uh, for uh, Drake, Mm. He's also been Katie's photographer. Yeah, yeah, that's the that's the guy. That's the guy. And then um Luis Perez, the guy who does uh Tyler the Creator's music videos and uh, creative direction. He's a very big inspiration and I tend to, you know, um look into his uh way I don't know how or his process into how he regulates his skin tones and color schemes throughout his work. It's a really impeccable way in which he does it. It's really beautiful. But other than that, that's pretty much it, to name a few, essentially. Because if I were to tell you all my inspirations, we'd be sitting here for another two hours. <laughs> but uh, there you go. Okay. And um, are you earning from your work right now? Yeah, yeah, I can say yeah, I'm earning from my work, but it's not really that predictable. And I don't think it would be predictable, um, especially in the creative industry. We are not on, we are not living on salaries. We live on uh, demand. We depend yes. on whether someone will actually like our work and actually decide, yes, this guy is worth the money I'm going to give him to produce or to work on this project of mine or this music video or this photo shoot. So it's pretty much on a popularity-based basis and uh, demand and all that stuff so the more i guess the more work we make and the better work we make the more appeal we have to the market and we can get our clients from there but still then again it's very imbalanced it's very unfair because we have some very talented guys who would really like to break into the market but they can't because they don't really know how you know the market works or how the culture works and how to actually secure a deal, which I personally don't even really have much decent understanding of, because that's how predictable it is. But uh, there you go. I can say, yes, I earn money, but it's not really as predictable as many might think it would be. So, based on that, um, did did you start photography hoping one day that you'll earn from this? Because um, I feel like when whenever you're doing something, especially something you're devoting a lot of time to, in as much as you have that passion and drive to do it, mm-hmm. you always expect, expect something in return, not necessarily monetary, but maybe a satisfaction, um, a compliment, you know, like 
when you are doing when you became serious with this photography cinematography thing where what did you see yourself doing in the years to come wow that's two questions let me see well, how i can come up with this uh well one of the reasons why people want to make money from their art is because so that they can have something to you know say yes i actually put this much time effort and skill and i'm actually making something out of it and now why it's very important is because you know we also have to invest in our in our gear in our equipment in order to be better and to do better i can say gear is not really the full picture but it's a very key element into how good we are or how um you know experienced we are as creatives and all that stuff like you can't expect someone to uh, do a a well done um fashion shoot with just a phone you need to have the appropriate equipment needed to um you know achieve the desired result that your client wants and so on mm-hmm. and uh, yeah but i can't say it's the key motivation i say i really do this because i love doing it it's not really something i can say that it's something i hate, just do because i just want to get the money it's just something that i really appreciate but generally when you come to think of it you would really if i were you or if you were me i would you would expect to have some returns and some gains from what you're working on and so on and now can you remind me the second question you were asking the question was the first question was about cash yeah i've answered that one question, the second question was about um what else did you expect from, apart from cash like you, you can be passionate yes but did you expect anything like compliments or any benefits to accrue from what you're doing yes i expected a claim i expected people to actually see my work and be inspired by it and you know just appreciate it for what it is because you know if there's no one appreciating your work what's the reason to do this stuff and i mean people still do it despite whether people appreciate it or not but still that's a very key thing I expected a claim which I I can say I already have and all that stuff but there's just more to mm-hmm. be done I hope to mm-hmm. even go further work on even more complicated and brilliant projects maybe win a couple of awards or um go on a I don't know a very um acclaimed um magazine or publication and all that stuff that's something we all desire as uh, creatives be you a rapper yes you want to win an award you want to get all the streams you know you want to do all that stuff but now on a photographer's perspective that's more or less how it is for me okay and um the kenyan uh cinematography and videography community how do you think it can improve based on like your experiences well people need to embrace change we can't be working on the same stuff um, all the time we have to adapt we have to experiment have to you know see what else works for us because if we continue doing what we've always been doing for the past 3 or 4 or so years it won't really work out it won't but i but then again these days people are really pushing boundaries people are really going out and being themselves especially in the modeling industry there has been a very big rena- renaissance uh, over the past couple of months since the beginning of 22 2022 and late 2021 where you see guys like um Nana Modomi I think you've seen her she was on Vogue magazine 
literally yeah, yeah, yeah. um you've seen guys like Elsa Majimbo she was just this lady yeah. eating crisps and making memes out of it and now look she's in LA doing covers for Harper Bazaar she's uh besties with uh, Rihanna and so on so it's really made a lot of, a lot of progress but generally they're just that particular you know sector of artists who just refuse to you know adapt or to kind of uh broaden their you know disciplines and their ways of doing their work which i don't mind them doing cuz you know it's good to always have a broad foundation or a firm foundation but i would really love people to just stretch themselves and experiment on a wide variety of artistic mediums and just let it all go you know it's not something you know art isn't something to be compacted it's something that should be set free essentially yeah. true now in accordance with all that yeah you as yeah. the photographer when you're trying to express these models in their best light do you do you sometimes have pressure to use like the best gear in the market the best DSLR the best mirrorless like how do you cope with that i don't really um i don't know really how to answer this but there's not really much of a of a problem with that cuz once again it doesn't really matter what gear you use but to a certain extent with my current setup i'm fine with it i can say it's a sony alpha it's one of those small mirrorless cameras that you can even put in your pocket but i'm don't i don't really feel tempted to invest in you know those big dslrs because in the end how will it improve my um my style or my workflow if i am already fine with what i have you know so i don't really yeah. feel the pressure i don't feel the pressure when someone pulls up with a, a canon c100 that's worth 600000 shillings or if someone pulls up with some camera brand that i've never heard of but yet it's so boutique and unattainable no i just use what i have because in the end you know for us even as human beings we can't just exchange eyes we work with what we have and we adapt to it in order to be our best essentially so mm-hmm. it's not really much of an issue for me i mean there's pressure from people like they always ask me oh what gear do you use or what which lenses do you use and all that but i'm like i don't really think i can answer that because it's not really part it's not really a relevant part of the of the process you know it's more about the photographer yeah. and his or her vision than the camera or the gear that he or she is using okay let's say someone someone wants to be in this uh field someone wants to start doing this uh thing photography cinematography like they're young and they need to know like what it takes and and they need to just know how like the industry works to a certain level so that they don't make some uh mistakes that are really uh, that are that can be avoided so like what would you advise that person that's just entering this game right now first of all um you have to be very persistent you have to be very uncompromising because no one in this industry or in this scene wants a weak person because they can be taken advantage of yes you will be taken advantage of at first because in everything that people aspire to do or start to do people will notice that they are newbies and it will be just just so messed up i've had my own fair share of discreditation people trying to malign my name were trying to discredit my skill and even go as far as to say that 
I am using other people's work and so on. And then you have to really persevere. It won't, success won't happen overnight. I don't even say, I can't even say I've reached my peak or I'm even successful. I just know that at least I have a future in this thing, but you have to be prepared for if it ever happens, you have to be in the right um, frame of mind or state of mind and all that stuff. There's a whole lot of variables and it won't come easy. It'll take, it can even take years, but as long as you have perseverance and you actually love what you do, then I don't think you would mind it. I think it's that's I think that's as straightforward as it sounds. I don't think I can actually give a proper foundation because also it's unpredictable. You could it could happen overnight or it could take months or years, but it depends on who you are as a person. But those are the key um, you know, deterrents. I can see all the key cons of uh, venturing into the industry, especially in Kenya and in the creative industry. And I think that's how it is all over the world, in the creative industry. Anybody can take a photo, anybody can make a video. It's just now that you have to stand out and, you know, convince people that what you're actually doing, what you're actually making is worth it and is unique, something they can actually look back on and be inspired by. It takes a lot Mm -hmm. of time and experience to reach that point. But uh, yeah, there you go. Wow. Awesome. This is a, this is a, this is a nice episode. Yeah. yeah. Um, on behalf of Money Trees, I'd like to thank you, Thomas, for coming and showing up to this episode, for dropping some real bars, real bars Thanks, man. on today's episode. Man. Yeah. Uh, we hope to see you I'm again. Honored. Honored. Yeah, we hope to see you Hopefully. again. Yeah. Maybe next time you'll be actually on Vogue. Yeah, hopes hopefully. Yeah, I hope so. But uh, thank you for coming. And I hope you enjoyed oh, the podcast today. I sure did. It was really awesome exchanging such a priceless information and insights with you guys. And I'm glad that you guys actually know what you're doing. There was, I don't know, very few people in this country do podcasts that actually reach out to, um, you know, this niche sector of the creative industry. It's more about yeah, taboo yeah. subjects and, you know, things that appeal to the wider population, things that are sensational. But at least with you guys, you actually take the extra mile to actually ask us guys who just love doing our thing, no matter how honestly we do it. And it's just a vibe. You guys keep doing what you're doing. It's really amazing. And I'm very honored to be part of this conversation. Thank you for listening to the Money Trees Network podcast. If you're listening to this episode on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, give us a five-star rating. Uh, This will help us grow our reach. Thank you and see you on the next episode.